Today on the Priority Queue, open source DDoS detection with FastNet Mod. Now, if you don't know what DDoS is, it's a type of attack common across the internet, short for Distributed Denial of Service. DDoS attacks are tricky to detect and hard to defend against, but the chances are good that you'll be a victim of a DDoS attack either directly or indirectly at some point in your IT career. And if you go on up to packetpushers.net and do a search for DDoS, you'll find plenty of articles and other podcasts that we've recorded about the topic if you're ramping up. But today, we're going to focus uh, not so much on just what DDoS is, but... Uh, but about the FastNet Mon project that does DDoS detection. And joining me is Pavel Odintsov to talk to us uh, about FastNet Mon. He is the project leader. Pavel, welcome to the Packet Pushers Priority Queue. And, uh, and, and jump right in by telling us what FastNet Mon is. What is this project? Yeah, so hi, guys. Uh, so uh, FastNet Mon is DDoS detection software. So it focuses on idea to detect DDoS attacks and automatically apply filtering rules to block it. And one of the main purpose of FastNet Mon is to save your sleep. So you don't need to wake up in the middle of the night to fix all things, find what's happened with your network. It just works for you. So FastNet Mon focuses on level three and level four attack types. It's very important to mention that we focus only on this kind of attacks because there are a lot of different types of DDoS attacks and it, you need to have special tools for each of them. So we focus on the most popular amplification attacks and uh, different kind of floods. Well, now, there's a lot of DDoS uh, products out there. There's a number of mitigation appliances that you can buy. There are DDoS services that you can subscribe to. They're pretty pricey, but they exist. So what, you know, considering that these some of these products exist, what drove you to start uh, FastNetMon? So it was a really, it's a really interesting story because uh, previously I spent a lot of time to find something uh, so, so, so solve my problems with DDoS attacks. So FastNetMon uh, initially was published at GitHub in 2013. So it's about five years passed since we started the project. So it was on GitHub since first days. You could check how it, uh, how we develop it, how we add new features, how we check different approaches to DDoS detection. And so uh, it was born as a result of market research. I tried to find affordable DDoS detection software for uh, different, three different kinds of companies. It was a hosting company focused on uh, low margin markets, and it was very complicated to find really inexpensive uh, uh, software or hardware to detect DDoS attacks. So, and from first days, uh, it was pretty naive approach to develop FastNetMon. It wasn't uh, planned very well. So from first days, I tried to automate my day-to-time task. So when I see some kind of issues with my network, I start a TCP dump, I check it packets, I check it a lot from uh, using SNMP, I check it graphics, I check it uh, router CPU usage, so. And I try to add, automate all these things. So, and fortunately, I had course in my university about C++, and I spent first months of FastNetMon uh, project to uh, keep my uh, knowledge about C++, this new technologies developed since this time when I finished university. So, and uh, it was very interesting story why we decided to use C++, because if you could check GitHub history, you could find that FastNet, we tried to implement it in Perl, 
Ruby and Python, Go language, and then finally we switched to C++ because of our requirements about performance. So one of the key requirements for us was ability to handle 2 million packets per second because our hardware doesn't have any support for NetFlow or SFlow and we use a pa uh, packet a port mirror to capture traffic and it was huge amount of uh, information and we, it was very challenging to handle all this amount of information and process it in affordable time. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that uh, that C++ would have necessarily been a requirement. When I when you said Go, and when I think of Golang, I don't I mean, I think of it as a language that's a little bit closer to C++. It's not as way up there as Python where it's hiding so many things from you. I kind of thought, I, I guess I would have assumed, me not being a professional developer, I would have assumed that Golang would have given you the performance you needed, but, uh, but not really, huh? So, yeah, really. So I think for uh, if you have done some, not so much traffic, you could use Go, but if you have something like 40 or 100 gigabits, it's definitely not a task for Go language because it was uh, developed with slightly different goals. It was about different logic, uh, APIs, database application, but for packet processing, you need to handle information very fast. And also choice of C++ was... Uh, a result of uh, available uh, libraries for packet capture. So almost all of them provide binding for C or C++. And in these times when uh, FastNetman was started, Go wasn't so popular and was pretty a small amount of available libraries for packet processing. And fortunately, in the last uh, few years, a big number of new nice libraries was uh, developed for Go language. And probably if somebody decided to implement something by yourself and so go works fine yeah but i couldn't say same for this as a language because mm. they wasn't so cool in our tests mm. got it well okay so we've got performance is a major feature of fastnetmon and um cost obviously if uh, your ddos solutions as you said a lot of them uh, commercially available are quite pricey. So now we've got an open source and highly performance solution. What, what are the other main features of FastNetMon? So definitely main feature of FastNetMon is DDoS detection. So we provide number of options to detect time when a DDoS attack hit your network and provide a lot of information about this attack. So from uh, your side, when you're network engineer and you need to know basic information about your network. So you definitely know average traffic for this host in this subnet is something like about 100 megabits. And for different hosts, something like big cache servers, it's about one gigabit. So you could use this baseline for and provide this information to FastNetMan. And when traffic to this host crosses this threshold specific by you, and so FastNetMan will check this traffic uh, apply number of heuristic approaches, uh, check it, and provide and or confirm. So it's definitely DDoS. Or okay, it was false positives. Don't bother your engineers about it. And when FastNetMon detected DDoS attack, it could trigger different actions. So it could call uh, custom bash script. It could uh, notify you using Slack. So it could uh, it could uh, write email to your network engineers or on duty engineer to check it by yourself or check it manually so what's happened to our network and definitely so the patient about automation and fast network have complete support of bgp uh 
and we support BGP unicast and we support BGP flows back. BGP unicast is more about options to block all traffic for affected slash 32 using black hole. And also you could uh, trigger uh, and create announce using uh, BGP unicast for something like slash 24 and use diversion to scribing centers outside of your network. And also you could use BGP flow spec. It's very modern thing. And you, if you have a lot of capacity in your network and you have uh, modern routers, so you could filter out a lot of malicious traffic using your own network without paying to expensive scrubbing center and expensive uh, DDoS filtering hardware. So, and also in addition to DDoS uh, mitigation detection, Fastenton provides a lot of options and a lot of information about your traffic. So it provides information about average traffic for all hosts in your network. So it provides information about the amount of UDP, TCP, ICMP traffic. It provides information bytes per second, packets per second. And also it provides options to export this information to different storage backends. So we support Graphene, we support InfluxDB, we support Graphite. And so if you already have some kind of solution use it well use it by market so instead of installing new one you could use existing deployment of uh, system and just export this information from fastnet on so fastnet mon tries hard to avoid any complicated and significant changes in your network if you already have something fastnet mon will work with it so it's it was also one of the key features when we developed fastnet mon Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. You were talking fast and saying a lot. Uh, so, right. So we've got detection. We've got a lot of different uh, methods in which detection is done. Yes. In, in addition to that, there is a, a notification engine that'll hook into a lot of things. You mentioned you could call a script. Um, you could send a Slack message to talk about um, the type of attack that was detected. And uh, you mentioned uh, BGP announcements that could be made where uh, an attacker is... Uh, announced as a route via unicast BGP family or via flow spec. And if you don't know what BGP flow spec is, if you're listening to this show, you can do a little search on packetpushers.net. And I recorded a show, oh boy, in 2015 or 16, I think, with Justin Ryburn. At, he was at Juniper Networks at the time. And uh, got into flow spec quite a bit and how it fits into the world of DDoS mitigation. So, okay, Pablo, that was, that was a lot of things. This is a... This isn't like something that you grew in your garage last month and it's got three things it does. It does all kinds of things and feels like a more mature solution you can plug into your infrastructure. Um, but I do have a question about um, detection versus mitigation. So it's one thing to detect that you're under attack. It's another thing to deal with mitigation. I mean, it sounds like there is some mitigation there where you can feed flow spec entries, for example. Um Talk through the, the the distinction there. How does detection help me with mitigation? How does FastNetMon do mitigation, or does it is, it, is it, do you think of it mostly as detection? Uh, explain those things for us. So yes, uh, it's very com uh, it's very it's very important to highlight difference between mitigation and detection. So. Uh, we focus it on the idea that FastNetMon is DDoS detection software. So we could we could detect when uh, DDoS attack hit your network. We could provide information about uh, the type of a DDoS attack, performance of this attack, and 
Unfortunately, we couldn't provide mitigation in almost all cases, but because complete mitigation is more complicated. For example, when your attack hit by very complicated and sophisticated uh, DDoS attack using L7 protocols with encrypted packets inside. So, you know, you need a lot of different hardware boxes. You need complicated software deployment to check and unpack all protocols and find anomalies inside it. So, and from fast at one point of view, it's... Uh, Fastenone represents only a small part of DDoS mitigation stack. And this stack could involve different parts. So as I mentioned before, we have complete support for cloud scrubbing centers. When uh, Fastnetmon discovered that he hit by DDoS attack, it could uh, use BGP Anycast announced to uh, and divert to affected slash 24 subnet to uh, cloud scrubbing center. Also, as options, you already have uh, har uh, some filtering hardware in your network from different uh, vendors. You also could use this hardware with FastNetMon because FastNetMon have integration with number of different DDoS filtering uh, appliances, and it could provide information about type of attack and create specific host and filtering groups to uh, configure filtering from. Uh, this uh, filtering appliances. So, and uh, mitigation also de depends on your goal. So if you have goal to so save your network and you don't care about service availability and it's uh, acceptable for you to block all traffic to affected host. So for example, it's it could be small VPS services or small dedicated service or some not so important service. And in this case, FastNetMon could work as mitigation software because it could, uh, you could use BGP black hole to completely bl block all traffic to affected hosts in your network. And As opposed to doing a scrub where you're trying to let legitimate traffic through while dropping bad traffic. Yes, indeed. So, and this in this case, unfortunately, you block all traffic to this affected host. But as good site, you could save all your network. Let's imagine you have millions of hosts in your network and you have 100 gigabits of malicious traffic to one slash 32 host. So I, from my point of view, in some uh, uh, option in some cases it's absolutely acceptable to save your whole network and in this case fastnetone could be handled like uh, ddos mitigation software so also it depends uh, on your uh, network configuration so for example if you have uh, bgp flow spec in your network we definitely could use FastNetMon as DDoS mitigation software because FastNetMon could detect when a DDoS attack comes to your network. FastNetMon could find malicious patterns of traffic in your in this DDoS attack. So, for example, you seeing very strange fragmented packets of UDP protocol from uh, strange ports. So it looks like oh, it looks like UDP amplification, and we could create. BGP flow spec rule to block this traffic completely using your routers. So, and in this case, FastNetMon detects attack. It provides information for your routers using BGP flow spec, and it filters it out completely. And so, if this attack never changes to something more sophisticated, so this attack was mitigated, and FastNetMon works it as mitigation software. Hmm. But I, I see the line you're drawing, though. I mean, uh, detection is the primary. 
uh, function. And then once you've done detection, you're typically telling other devices to perform the mitigation. Here's what I found out. Here's what I detected. And here's the sort of flow spec rules or whatever other information those those mitigation appliances might need, or in the case of flow spec, a router might need to filter off the malicious traffic. Where and that's where the actual mitigation is happening in many cases. Uh, yes, and also we already have uh, some sophisticated system which could handle this information and even provide additional processing for uh, traffic samples collected by FastNet. You also could use it together with FastNet. So in the best case, when you could uh, combine few different systems or cloud services to provide uh, complete uh, DDoS mitigation for your network. Okay. Now, doing my homework for this show, I noticed that there is a the, the free version of FastNet, which is largely what we're talking about here, but there's also a commercial version. Can you explain the difference between the two? So, yes, indeed. Uh, FastNet Mon was started as open source solution, but after some time, we received a bunch of requests from different, it's more about from businesses, uh, guys, because uh, FastNet Mon's open source solution, FastNet community, it was uh, built with idea to work everywhere. It supports almost all uh, Linux distribution. It works on FreeBSD. It, it works almost on on almost all available uh, architectures available in the market. So it works on ARM, it works on PowerPC. So, and it's this side, from this point of view, FastNetMan is very, very, very versatile software. And for commercial customers, it's not so cool because you need to find all these pieces by yourself. So it's kind of, it's more about Lego. So if you need, it's you like to find database for your traffic if you want some kind of special uh, service to store your information about traffic. So, and you could combine it using FastNet in the complete solution. But so instead, it doesn't work well for business because for business side, you need to provide products. So, and that's why we moved to FastNet Advanced. FastNet Advanced uh, consists all features available in FastNet community, but it provides in it in single box. So instead of supporting uh, different BGP diamonds, we added our own implementation for BGP Unicast and BGP Flow Spec. We implemented command line uh, configuration interface. We added APIs for in complicated integration with different external systems. And we provide very, very, very uh, nice uh, install tools. So instead of uh, compiling code from source, uh, changing things, configuring different uh, software, you just need to start install script and install everything what you need on your hardware. So that's one of the main differences. So it's about operational experience of FastNet. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing integration. It's you're just making it more of a turnkey solution. It's easier to get the platform up off the ground. Um, so is there is that is that really it, or are there functionality differences as well between FastNet Mod and FastNet Mod Advanced? Uh, yes, so in addition to basic DDoS detection, we provide uh, enhanced DDoS detection um, engine, which works very, very nice with BGP flow spec. So from uh, uh, difference in uh, available options, it's one of the key features from FastNet Mon Advanced. Because it instead of sub, uh, so from FastNet Mon community, we support small subset of very popular DDoS attacks. But for FastNet Mon Advanced, we support all available uh, types of DDoS attacks and even multi-vector attacks, which could change in time. For example, it could start from, as UDP, then move to TCP and finish as something very complicated, Garrier ampli amplification, and FastNet Mon Advanced could handle it. So because we rework at a detection engine a lot. 
I, I want to talk about FlowSpec for a minute. So it's come up a lot. Um, it seems to be growing in popularity among service providers as a way to uh, do to perform DDoS mitigation, a way to get those access control entries um, from a detection engine into the routing infrastructure. So how how is support been from the vendors? I mean, a year or two or three ago, when I talked to Justin about this, it was just emerging. A lot of the OSs didn't even support it yet. Uh, has is FlowSpec pretty much available everywhere now on all routing platforms, and and does it work pretty well on the whole? So, uh, first part of response. Unfortunately, it's it's available only on modern and very expensive hard, uh, hardware routers. So you couldn't find it in inexpensive boxes. So because it requires a lot of uh, work from hardware side of routers. So it's, it's very unlikely to find BGP FlowSpec support in software routers. And so, and usually it's top uh, models from vendors and, and and fortunately almost all top vendors have options to use BGP FlowSpec on their routers. So we have very nice experiences, uh, Cisco routers, uh, Juniper, Huawei, and almost all of them work pretty fine. And so you definitely know that BGP flow spec, it's not so uh, simple protocol from implementation side. And different vendors have some small differences in implementation. But fortunately, in, some, in I think about one last one year, almost all of them was fixed on rework it. And right now, FastNetMon from our side of BGP, bundled BGP Diamond of FastNetMon, it works really well with all different implementations from vendors. And it's, it's really good because it's very complicated to find something which works out of the box. And BGP FlowSpec, it's a great example of technology which really works and works according to standards and according to RFCs. And it was really amazing to see it in the wild because when we started our work on BGP Diamond, so it, it started to work since first our tests runs. So we started to establish BGP session with router and it, it handled our uh, BGP flow spec announced from first attempt. It was really amazing mm. because we started as abstract implementation about uh, from standard, nothing about the applicable tests, nothing about <laughs> real world tests. Mm-hmm. Well, it works. It's amazing, really. <laughs> it, oh, it is amazing. It's really amazing to, to to get it right the first time, just based on the the, the standard, and you know, almost nothing ever works that way. There's always some little details, some little problems. Somebody interpreted things a little differently, and so it never works right out of the gate. So that's yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Yes. Yeah, so yes, to be honest, with in. Next few months, we discovered a few deep, sli- small issues with uh, slightly different representation of protocols and fragmentation flags. And when we fix it, it's so it works fine for all of them. So it's, mm. it's so if you are looking to develop your own uh, solution for DDoS detection, it's very good point to have support for BGP flow spec. So who, who do you think the typical user of FastNetMon is? Is it more service providers or is it enterprises? Is it, is it a mix? I think it's some kind of mix, but I, unfortunately, it's very complicated to provide reliable information about who they or customers are. Because uh, for last three months or three years, sorry, we have about five thousand downloads, and for community version, we don't have any information about who these guys are. So, and according to our experience from mail list and or chats and IRC. Uh, I think one of the major customers, telecoms and hosting providers, a lot of data centers. And uh, in last 
quarter, we discovered a number of wireless service providers in this North solution. Okay, and that and that does make sense. That aligns pretty well with uh, with the kinds of folks who are typically going to need to be able to detect and mitigate DDoS attacks. So I'm that that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, hardware requirements. So FastNetMon needs, what, tons of... You wrote it in C, so it's very efficient, but I, do I need a big box to run it on? You definitely don't need big, expensive box, because uh, FastNetMon really have very, very small uh, requirements about your hardware. So it could work just on single CPU machine. It's better to have two CPU cores for, because we have two different uh, cycles. One of these uh, processes handles incoming packets and the second one provides information and uh, runs notification. But it could work with single CPU machines. So, so single CPU so, machines. Okay, well, you mentioned, you mentioned two CPU cores. Would it benefit me if I had a, a quad core or more machine? Yeah. Or just the two is really what's important? Yeah, at least two. So if you have something like 48, it's fine. FastNetMon could work on all of them and provide a okay. lot of performance for you. Okay, so yeah, I got to run it on. It's it's not a killer box, you're saying. And then uh, what's what else? What else do I need in this box? Uh, how much memory? Um, what sort of OS, etc.? So I think uh, from memory side, you could start from one gigabyte of memory. So and it depends on the uh, size of your network. If you have something like uh, 100,000 of hosts in your network, that's fine to use one or two gigabytes of RAM. So if you have millions of hosts in your network, so you need something like four or eight gigabytes of RAM. So, but I think it's still affordable requirements about memory because it's a kind of standard. Now you mentioned a bunch of different CPUs. I was assuming just x86, but you actually support... ARM and, uh, and other things that you mentioned. Yeah, it's, 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 re it's really amazing because uh, recently we, we added FastNetMon community in Debian uh, distribution and it's become part of it. And if you want to test FastNetMon, you don't need to run any custom install scripts, uh, check or guide. So you just start package install for your favorite distribution like Debian or Ubuntu and install FastNetMon in single step. It's really amazing. And then as when we added to uh, Debian, so we spent some time to port FastNetMon to different architectures. So we had the support for ARM, we, we had the support for PowerPC, and almost all architecture available in Debian supported by FastNetMon. It doesn't make a sense if you want to run it as standalone instance on your own server, but it makes sense if you want to start FastNetMon somewhere in your router or directly on your switch. It's really a nice option to reduce the oh, amount. I thought about that. Yeah, okay, run it like like NFV style, you know, uh, yes. a virtualized instance of it and embed it into your network with a a router platform that can handle running an, an extra process. Yes, and fortunately, you could find a number of different uh, switches and routers where you could run your own software on them. So instead of having different box spent placed in your X, so you could use same box for everything. So you could route traffic, you could switch traffic, and you could detect DDoS attacks in the same box. Okay, so it, so I've got a pretty good idea of the platforms that I can run FastNetMon on. Now, the, my network itself, is there any unusual requirements or anything I need to be thinking about to get FastNetMon going? Uh, fortunately, we don't have any special requirements for your network. <laughs> 
Really? Because I know how it's complicated to change something in big networks. It's, sometimes it's almost impossible. And from first steps of fast and development, we started fast and one completely vendor neutral toolkit. We don't have any optim we have small optimization from different vendors, but we never restrict your buy. So we work only on this vendor's name. No, never. If your vendors have support for SFlow, uh, NetFlow, and BGP, it will work with FastNet without any problems. Ah, that leads me right into my next question then. If I want to export traffic to my FastNet monitoring, what, what's the best way to do that? Are flow records or should I be uh, using like a span port or a mirror port or a network tap? What, what's the best way? So it's very complicated to find best way. We have few uh, recommended options, but usually you're restricted by your hardware. So I... Never saw any hardware which could support something like uh, NetFlow and SFlow in same time. So usually if you have big number of routers in your network, usually you have support for some kind of NetFlow like protocol implementation. It could be implementation about JFlow, CFlow, NetStream or something like this one, but it's in, in, internally it's flow-based protocol. And if you are speaking about switches, usually you could find support for S-Flow. It's also a nice thing, because it, and it's sample protocol, and it provides uh, very nice uh, detection time for FastNetMon, because instead of NetFlow, it doesn't have any delay for flow uh, aggregation. And also, in the worst case, if you don't have NetFlow and you don't have S-Flow in your network, uh, we could use last resort. You could use port mirror and fastnet mon tries hard to handle all your traffic so as i mentioned before ports mirror uh, capture was one of the first features of fastnet mon and that's why we support all wide ra range of supported uh, bands so we support 1g we support 10g and recently we had support for 40g interfaces and we use very very optimized zero copy of load engines to handle and pro, uh, parse all this traffic using FastNetMon. And so if we add a few words about hardware requir requirements, unfortunately, in case if you want to use port mirror, you need more CPU resources. And mm -hmm. on good sides, FastNetMon scales very well. If you need more traffic, you just need to add CPU cores and small amount of memory, and FastNetMon could handle all this traffic amount. A couple of follow-up questions. Uh, one is, did you say IP fix or IP fix record supported? Yes, we support IP fix. Okay. And then what about sampled versus unsampled uh, flow data? Uh, it's, it's also about your hardware because for number of different models of routers, it's impossible to use unsampled NetFlow. So you should use sampling if you don't like overload, continuously overload that control pane of your routers. So FastNet will support sampling, but unfortunately, you, for, it's it implemented a vendor-specific way. And for different vendors, they use slightly different options to encode information about samplers for uh, NetFlow 9 and IPFix. And in worst case, uh, you need to specify sampling rates for all your devices or global for your network manually in FastNetMon configuration. All right, so FastNetMon against other commercial products. Now, as we said at the top of the show, there are a bunch of commercial products out there. They tend to be pretty spendy. So if I'm on a budget, I might look to something like FastNetMon to give me 
DDoS uh, detection without having to spend big on a commercial product. Do you see FastNetMon as being able to replace certain commercial products that are out there, kind of going right up against them, or, or not so much? I think I have small change for your question, because FastNetMon never against it. So FastNetMon could work together with different solutions. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Co- complementary, not competitive, possibly. Yes, definitely. Okay. Because if you have big number of different har- uh, hardware for d- filtering, they implement different approaches and they implement slightly d- and they could provide more options to filter out traffic better. So if you could mix them, you could provide better results. And we are right, right now for, from uh, FastNetMon's side, we have integration with A10 Networks TPS appliances. Uh, about one year ago, we, su- we had the support for Redware, Defense Flow, and also we support number of different models from Microtech. So if you have some time uh, for writing code and you want to improve your skills in Python or Go language, you could contribute your own implementation and integration with your vendor and contribute to FastNetMan community and we will add the support. And finally, you could use... Uh, all your uh, different vendors uh, together f- to solve problems with DDoS attack detection and mitigate mitigate it very very efficient. Well, I think that's that's a major point that's worth making here is that FastNetMon, if you're using it as open source, one of the reasons you might want to do it isn't to save money, save capital expenditure. But to be able to customize a solution that works very well or exactly for your specific business need. So you're looking at it because you've got some specific problem you want to solve and you need a, an open platform that allows you to write that code to do exactly what it is that you need that maybe a commercial version wouldn't give you that flexibility. Uh, probably could provide this kind of flexibility, but yes, it's but if you have to, if you want to build something by yourself and you have uh, stuff of C++ developers, you could change almost everything in FastNetMon community. And you even could contribute back to project and improve it. So if you represent a hardware vendor or you building your own appliances, you could contribute support with uh, com- compatibility with your API and improve support for your, for example, NetFlow implementation. For example, uh, contribute imp- uh, nice parser for your IP fix pro- uh, uh, approach to uh, encoding samples, sampling rates, and IP fix. It's absolutely fine because you could um, improve our product for everybody. So you improved for mm. you, you improved for other customers of us and on. So, okay. All right. Um, one of my standard questions about these sorts of things, IPv4 versus IPv6. How are we doing? Do we have feature parity in FastNetMon or not? It's a very good question. It's shame on us. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Unfortunately, we have a number of design decisions in FastNetMon, and they make implementation for IPv6 pretty complicated. But we're working on it, but I don't think that we could deliver it in less than six months, because it involves significant reworking on FastNetMon detection engine. So we're working on it, yes. And fortunately, we we don't worry about a significant amount of IPv6 Bake DDoS attacks. Unfortunately, IPv4 is still main target of DDoS attacks, and so we have some yeah. time to finish it. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. Would you, why would you, if you're an attacker, what transport would you want to use? Well, you'd want to use v4. You've just got more targets of opportunity out there. IPv6 actually restricts you somewhat 
uh, especially down more into the mobile space, which doesn't even make a lot of sense depending on what it is you're trying to set up a DDoS attack against. So I, I get it where IPv4 ought to have been the focus. and but But also it's good to hear that you are going down the IPv6 road. And uh, yeah, it's going to take you a while. I hear that, but um, but yeah, you're going there. Um, okay, so what? Uh, I mean, FastNetMon's collecting all of this flow data and you know, coming up with interesting things about my network from a DDoS perspective. Will it also tell me things that might be interesting other than DDoS detection? Ah, uh, yes, sure. In FastNetMon Advanced, we add the traffic persistence engine, and this engine could store all flow on all packets received by FastNetMon in persistent storage. So, and this solution provides very good scalability and you could retrieve information, for example, uh, how much UDP traffic I had uh, two years ago and it will ha handle your response immediately. So, okay, not immediately, in three seconds. And you could use this information to provide peering reports, for example, how much traffic we have with this autonomous system, how much traffic of ICMP we have for this subnet. And FastNetMon provides all this information from very, very fast storage backend. And, and again, you said FastNetMon Advanced, so that's the, that's the commercial bit, right? Yes, it, it has okay. options to work as NetFlow or IPFIX uh, aggregator, yeah. Now, what about in the, uh, the, the, the community flavor? Unfortunately, we don't have any support for this feature. So we, we move okay. this feature to advanced version only. Got it, got it. Okay, um, now let's say, we, we talked a little bit about these integrations, like with A10, um, I've got a DDoS mitigation tool in my network. So how is that integration working? Does it get a, a data feed from FastNetMon? Uh, how, how does that work? So yes, uh, if you already have some solution in, for example, your know, A10 box, so usually they have support for NetFlow or SFlow streams, and you could consume this information on FastNetMon's site. And so also you, you could mix these streams for, from, for example, from A10 box and from your routers and mix this information together because FastNetMon have unlimited uh, number of uh, different uh, support of uh, NetFlow agents. So you could collect information about number of routers and mix this information in single place and combine it. So. All right. Um, uh, kind of a related question. What about an API? Does FastNetMon have an API or some other interface that I could use for automation or to pull information out of the system? Uh, yes, sure. It also depends on additional FastNetMon. In FastNetMon community, we have very basic uh, API implementation and it provides only option to unblock or block it by FastNetMon hosts in your network. Uh, in FastNetMon Advanced, we added complete support for uh, in configuration and management of, and different actions for FastNetMon advanced in runtime. So, and you, if you, we already pro, we also provide command line interface tool. And if you could change something using this command line tool, you could also change it using API. So, if you want to, for example, uh, create new customer or host group from your billing system, or you want to export this information to your own DDoS mitigation system or your monitoring system, you could use this API to retrieve information from FastNetMon. You could retrieve traffic SAMs, you could retrieve information about attacks, or you even could adjust baselines for different hosts according to your external system. So it's also possible. 
Okay. Okay. A lot, lot there. Of course, now I'm starting to see the, 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 where the, the differences between community and advanced, like, you want API? Yes. Come to the commercial side. <laughs> or write it by yourself and contribute it to us. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, speaking of which, are you looking for developers to help with the project? So, yeah. yeah. And Fastenton is not so common uh, open source project because usually uh, open source projects looking for developers. But we're looking more about guys and from hardware vendors, and we're looking for guys with experience with different protocols like NetFlow, IPFix, SFlow, uh, because it's very complicated to write code, and it's even more complicated to write code for hardware you never saw in reality. So, uh, and from this point of view, it's one of the biggest uh, options you could. Provide how you could provide help to Fastnet One is to contribute your pickups for your specific and very strange hardware and share your experience, share your ideas. So, oh, guys, I don't like this option. How you implemented it? Let's rework it this way. And it's very. So in, in other words, getting feedback from from people about how they're using it and you know what they think of it is helpful to you as well because you know being a developer in this this particular project seems. You got to do some coordination up front to make sure that you're you're going about it in the right way. It sounds like, yeah. Yes, indeed, because it was a very, very nice uh, market benefit for Fastnetman because from first days we listen our customers. Because if you are working for specific inside different some specific market and you work with specific vendor, so it's very complicated to have complete understanding of wall market. And it's very important to have feedback from your customers because you could understand that different networks have different goals. They have different options to solve problems. They have different problems. And it's very important. It's extremely important information. Particularly if you've got some kind of an outlier bit of hardware that you're working with that uh, you'd like to have integrated with with your Fastnet mod install. (laughs) That would help you guys a lot because you've only got so much stuff in your lab that you can test with. Yes, it's almost impossible to keep all this stuff in our labs because usually this hardware is very specific or very expensive and it will be really nice to see more feedback from hardware developers because they know a lot about their hardware, how it implemented, how it works in these circumstances and it will be really nice to have feedback from hardware vendors about it because... So, so what is the community then for folks that want to interact with you? Is there uh, IRC or Slack or what's built around the project that people can join join in? Uh, we support almost everything. We support IRC, we support Slack, we support uh, Telegram, we have Google Group. <laughs> so because different kinds of people like different ty- kinds of chats so, and we have a number of people who participate in all of them, but we have subset of uh, People who never tried something other than IRC, I like IRC. So we provide options to cooperate with us in IRC. And when you see significant requirements from our customers, so for example, oh, guys, could I email you using this system? Yes, you could. I just created it for you. <laughs> so. Very good. It's been the same thing for us at Packet Pushers. We have an IRC channel that there's been 100 or 250 people in for quite some time because there's some people that just love IRC. So we've got a, a Packet Pushers IRC channel out there on free uh, on a free node. 
and we've got a Slack channel too, because a lot of people like that. And uh, we've got an email box, because some people like to send us messages that way, and and so on. Yeah, you got to support all the things. Well, uh, Pavel, this has been a great conversation about FastNetMon. I have enjoyed this very much. Now, w- where would people go if they want to find out more about the project, or maybe they want to ping you? Can you uh, share some URLs with them? So definitely, it's better a better place to ask us for something. So you could start from our official site, it's fastnetmon.com, and we have references to our Slay group, we have references to our uh, mail group, and we have a web client for our IRC channel. So you could find what do you like more and ask us using these channels. So we're open for cooperation and open for feedback, and in all mm-hmm. time we, we maintain our product in on github and you could raise pr or issue and so report some issues or ideas and share it with us so we have a lot of options to very good now you personally are you uh social like you're active on twitter or you have a blog somewhere that you'd like to share with folks so we have look on uh, official site so you could also read it it's not so active unfortunately because we have, we have a lot of nice things to share but we don't have so much time to write yeah. posts <laughs> We have a few nice posts about uh, um, imp- differences in implementation of NetFlow and SFlow protocols from hardware, different vendor side. It's, it's it's very interesting, reading, I think, because it, it highlights our experience how we implemented these protocols, what what kind of issue we hit, so what kind of issue you could expect if you have a lot of uh, devices with NetFlow, for example, from, from specific vendor, and you could check this guide. So I could recommend it. <laughs> I, I also know what you mean about the uh, having lots of things to write but no time to write them. I have got lists and lists of things that I thought would be a great idea to write about. Every once in a while, I like look at the list, and go, oh, I should write about that, and then I do. But man, I got more ideas than I do have time to actually write them. So yes, uh, uh, thanks sad. for coming on the show today, uh, Pavel. I really appreciate it. And uh, to all of you listening, thanks for listening to the Packet Pushers Priority Queue today. You can find this and many more of our fine and lovely free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. We're on Twitter at Packet Pushers and uh, we're on LinkedIn. You can follow us there. We're on Facebook. Uh, and take a minute, rate us on Apple Podcasts. I know it's like a thing. You've got to like click stuff and then like write words and click stars and things. But we'd appreciate it if you would uh, rate us there because that boosts us up on the Apple Podcast rating tree if you like what you're hearing. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.